Good. Uh, so, it's been a while since I've been in here. So, how's everybody been doing? Good? Good? Okay, good. I guess I'll stop that. Um, so, so uh, Sean, I wish you told me you were wearing a bench jersey. I actually have a Joe Morgan jersey. We could have big red machined it up. That's right. We'll work on that. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you get when you cross a joke with a rhetorical question? Good. Some of you guys, if you got that, explain it to the people next to you, and we'll talk to you later. The only other joke I had was about time travel. I'm not going to share it because you guys didn't like it. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the polite laughs. So we are starting a new series today called Home Run Life, as you can see. And this series is about the, the people in the Bible, the characters that we've known, the characters that we maybe haven't talked about for, for very much, but that we've known their stories. We know what they've done. We know what they've gone through. And we see them in heroic ways for the most part. We see uh, their strengths. We see their weaknesses. We see everything they've done. And so we want to talk about that and then how we can become more like those characters, how we can give more of ourselves to God, how we can be just more of a, a quote-unquote Bible hero in today's world. And so uh, who I want to start with is someone who we don't talk about very much, and that's Aaron, which is Moses' brother, because, which is how he's always referred to as Moses' brother. Now, in order to talk about him, you have to talk about Moses a little bit. So I'm going to start with Exodus chapter 4, verses 15 through 17. Uh, talk to him and put the words in his mouth. This is God speaking. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you, and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. So as I said, in order to talk about Aaron, we have to talk about Moses. And so this is taking place as Moses is being called by God, directly by God, to go and free the people from Egypt, from slavery. And while they're in this conversation, and I encourage you to go read it, because it's just amazing to think about this, that God is speaking to Moses directly, speaking to him directly. And what is Moses doing? He's like, I can't do this. And God's like literally talking to him, and he's done all these amazing things. And Moses is like, I can't do this. I can't speak. I, I, my tongue gets tied. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And all these things that we've thought before. But he's saying them directly to God. And so God finally is like, listen, I give you the words to say. I give you the air to breathe. I give you everything. And so I'm going to give your brother the, the chance to be the mouthpiece. Now, you tell him what to say, and he will speak for me, and then you will do the miracles. And so Moses goes, and, and he does that. Now, the thing to know about both of these people, and we talk about Moses all the time, they were both deeply flawed. Moses and Aaron were both deeply flawed. Uh, and, and that's going to be a theme in this series a little bit. But for Moses, he kind of, uh, we start our real adult Look at him when he becomes an adult, when he murders someone. Now, that's a pretty big thing to start with, and that's tough to come back from. Don't do that. And so he, he's a murderer. He gets angry, and he's a murderer. And that anger is kind of at the heart of everything uh, that, that he does wrong going forward. He has strong faith, and he trusts God, and he loves him. He just doesn't trust himself. He doesn't have faith in himself. And so that anger just wells up and it causes him to make bad decisions. It causes him to make mistakes. It causes him to do the wrong thing. It causes him to doubt himself. And so we know those flaws about Moses and we know his successes too because they're huge. 
Now, Aaron is also deeply flawed. He didn't have the anger, and he didn't even necessarily have the doubt in himself. But he was kind of a people pleaser. Now, by that I mean he was, he kind of would go wherever the wind blew. Like, whatever the crowd was saying, he would kind of go with. And that was kind of what he did. Now, he trusted God, and he believed in him, and he, he just really gave everything he could. But he just didn't quite have the strength of character to stand up for himself, to stand up sometimes. And so you've heard of the golden calf where Israel, after this, they, they start to worship a golden calf, an idol, while Moses is literally getting the commandments, while Moses is literally talking to the God who saved them from slavery. They start to, to worship a golden calf. Now Aaron made that for them. He knew it was wrong, but when they came to him, he's like, well, I could fight this, but... I mean, they want it, so I'm going to do it. Now, he knew it was wrong, but he still did it. Um, he, he followed people. He even led a mutiny against Moses at one point. And so if we look at them, we just look at everything about Moses and Aaron, all of their flaws, all of their weaknesses, they're not who we'd choose to do something like this. They're not who we would think of as biblical heroes. They're not who we would think of as people that God would choose to lead. However, and this is where we're all saved, there's a quote I have. Uh, and this is, give God your weakness, and he will give you his strength. Give God your weakness, and he will give you his strength. Uh, we live in a society where we're kind of taught to hide our weaknesses. We're kind of taught that you have to go out there and you have to pretend that you're strong. You have to pretend that you're perfect. You have to pretend that you, you just don't mess up, that you have everything under control. And when we do that, we see other people doing that, and we're like, well, man, they've got it under, under control. They know what they're doing. Everything's going okay for them. How in the world am I supposed to lead? And, you know, it's a lot of social media stuff where people post the highlights. Nobody posts when they have a, well, some people post when they have a bad day. But nobody posts just like a day-to-day -day thing. We post the highlights. We post the best meals we have. We post the best vacations. We post all of these things. And so we live in that, and we see that, and it's like, well, I have to be a highlight reel. Like, I have to be better. But we have to also recognize that while Moses and Aaron had strong weaknesses, strong weaknesses, God lifted them up despite that. And so all of us have different weaknesses. All of us have different weaknesses, and most of them are different from the person next to you. And so we see how they deal with something. It's like, well, they don't struggle with that, so how in the world could I? But they struggle with something else. But if we give those to God, he helps us to go in spite of them. He helps us to be like Moses and Aaron. He, he helps us to, to lead, to grow, to do everything we can. And the great thing about this series and I like how it follows the Miraculous series, is we see all of these biblical characters, all of these biblical heroes, all of these people we talk about all of the time. And so often we focus on the highlights because that's the power and that's where we see God. But man, we see him in the lowlights too because he's helping them. And each of the people we're going to talk about throughout this series, they have weaknesses, but they give them to God. They give them to God, and they're not perfect, but God is. And so he lifts them up, and he helps them, and they just keep going. And it's such an amazing tale of just these, these larger-than-life characters messing up and then giving it to God and doing their best and following him and trusting him and him being the one that lifts them up, his strength being the one. I've spoken about uh, just my start in the ministry and and how I have a fear of public speaking, and how originally I was going to be a high school teacher, and I was like, I can't do this. You have to talk every week in front of people. And meanwhile, God's like, oh, man. It's going to be a surprise for you a little later. 
And so, and so uh, the first time, I started working with the youth, and the first time the youth pastor asked me to speak for him, I said no. So I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't stand up in front of people. They're going to throw things at me. They're going to make fun of me. They're not going to laugh at the right places, whatever it is. And I didn't even know jokes then. <laughs> and so I, I, I said no. And the next time I said no. And then finally I started studying ministry, uh, getting a master's. And so I had this requirement where you have to record yourself speaking. So I all of a sudden had to say yes. And I will be completely honest. It absolutely went through my head. What if I got a bunch of cardboard cutouts and just filmed it from the back and, you know, just kind of pretended like I was talking to people? I did not do that. And so what I did to prepare for that, because I was so scared. And so I felt so weak, and I felt so lost, and I felt so just not good enough. I wrote out word for word what I wanted to say, and it was about David and Goliath and facing your giants, and I still remember it. And I wrote out word for word what I wanted to say. And I'm talking word for word. I'm saying I did not leave a pause unaccounted for. I wrote it out word for word, and then I spoke it into one of these little voice recorders like I have here. And then I, every time I went to the gym, every time I drove in my car, I would listen to that. Now, I hate listening to my own voice, so that was di- this was difficult. But I would listen to it, and I would listen to it, and I would listen to it until I had it memorized. Because in my head, I'm like, man, the worst possible thing would be to just stand up there and stare down at your notes the whole time. And so I'm thinking that. I did not think, well, I'm going to sound very robotic if I'm just going to say exactly what I think. And so it was just, it was fine. You're never going to see it. But it was fine. I do have a copy of it, but you're never going to see it. But it was fine. And, and I, I just remember getting through that. And that was kind of the key. It was getting through that. And then as I went, I got a little more comfortable. Still scared, but a little more comfortable. And I learned, man, it's not that you're weak. It's that you have to recognize that God is strong. And so my fear... He helps me to speak through that, and he helps me to remind myself that, hey, you have this fear because you care. Because you care. And so people will talk to me before I preach, and I'm often just kind of staring off or or looking at my phone, like not even with it on, just kind of looking at it, or doing something because I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, and I'm praying, and I'm going through all of this because I still get nervous. But I look at it like I'm nervous because I care. Because I have a a, a way to speak for him. And and he's given me that. And he's helped me to see it that way. And he's helped me to do this and to stand here. And to walk back and forth and everything else that I do. And that's because of him. That's That's not because I'm strong. It's because he is. And that's what we see with Aaron. And that's what we see with Moses. And that's what we see with all of these. And it's the same thing for each of us. Each of us have this chance to be just lifted up by God. If we just keep giving our weaknesses to him every day. Now, now sometimes it's like a multiple times a day thing where it's like, man, God, I, I just prayed five minutes ago, but I still, I just need to feel you. And, and guess what? He likes that because he is always there. He is always there. He is always there with us and he will always be with us and he will always help us. And it's such an amazing miracle to steal from the last series. And that's how we get to the home run life thing. And so I want to go to the next part, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Aaron. We're jumping to verse 27. Now the Lord had said to Aaron, go out into the wilderness to meet Moses. 
So Aaron went and met Moses in the mountain, at the mountain of God, and he embraced him. Moses then told Aaron everything the Lord had commanded him to say, and he told him about the miraculous signs the Lord had commanded him to perform. Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called for all the elders of Israel uh, together. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses, and Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. Then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. Uh, when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them uh, and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. We are at the onset of a powerful story. And as you read through Exodus and you read through this point in history, it's just miracle after miracle after miracle and God's power after God's power after God's power. And we spoke just a few weeks ago or months ago or whatever time kind of goes together about the Red Sea and about God's amazing use of nature and amazing power to, to part the Red Sea for them to get away. But before that, there were ten plagues where he, he just did these amazing things to show who he is, not just to Israel, but to Egypt and to us. And so we've seen all of these amazing miracles and all of these amazing victories. And we talk about the plagues and we talk about the Red Sea and we talk about the, the people getting led out of Egypt and we talk about the manna from heaven and we talk about victory and all of these things. But it's always Moses, Moses, Moses. To go back to the Brady Bunch for those of you who still remember that. Moses, Moses, Moses. And Aaron gets hit with the football and blah, blah, blah. I've got a very select audience right now. A very select audience. And I'm playing to them, so get ready. No, I'm just joking. But it is. It's always Moses, Moses, Moses. Now, God worked through Moses amazingly and powerfully. And Moses performed the miracles that God gave him. And it was just astounding to watch, I would imagine, for him to lift his staff and the seed apart. Or for him to stand there and lift his staff or hold his arms out and for frogs to fall from the sky, for the water to turn into blood, for darkness, for all of these things. But Aaron was there too. And you see, when the Pharaoh was looking at them, Aaron was the one talking. And so Aaron's mouth was moving, and the Pharaoh's looking at him, and the Pharaoh is probably not thinking, oh yeah, Moses is clearly the leader here. Now, he obviously recognized Moses' authority and Moses' power, and he knew of him. But Aaron's the one talking to him. And there's a saying about messengers and killing the messenger and all that stuff. And so Aaron has to stand there and bravely look into the face of power, earthly power, and say these words that Moses is telling him God wants him to say. And he has to follow this calling, and he has to do all of these things. And so we may remember Moses more, but the Pharaoh, he saw both of them. And so he's not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to punish Moses. He's going to go after Aaron too. Maybe even first because he's the mouthpiece. And so Aaron is standing there and he's speaking and he's doing everything that he can. And as he spoke, there's all of this danger around him. And each time Aaron stood up and spoke, all eyes looked at him because it's God's words coming out of his mouth. And that's such a powerful thing, and that's such an amazing thing. And that is, as much as the miracles, showing who God is. Because he's giving all of these things for Aaron to say. And he's helping him. And then as soon as it's over, the crowd cheers Moses. And the crowd talks about how Moses is so amazing. And as time goes on, people are telling the stories, and they're out in the desert. And they're like, man... Moses and Aaron did this, and man, did you see Moses? And then as the, the time keeps going, it becomes, did you see Moses? Did you see Moses? Moses did this, and Aaron kind of gets lost. And so you can imagine what that would be like. 
for him to just constantly hear these stories. And in his head, you know, we don't do it for the credit, but in his head, he's like, I, I was there too. Like the Pharaoh, he, he was looking at me like I was talking to. God had a plan for me too. And so often, we find ourselves in Aaron's place. We find ourselves in his position, not seeking credit, not even really wanting credit, but kind of feeling lost by the wayside, feeling like the good that we do is just kind of ignored, feeling like the life that we live is just kind of there. And maybe we do our best every day, and we do good, and we help, and we teach, and we do everything, and then somebody else does something really publicly amazing. And it's on TV, so everybody sees it. And that's who they talk about. And again, we're not like, hey, talk about me. But it's like, but look at my life. And it's natural as humans to feel that, to want that, to wonder about that, to feel lost. And maybe we hold our tongues and we show respect and we do everything we can to speak like Jesus, to be like him, while others publicly speak and scream and shout. And again, that's what's noticed. And we're like, hey. The church is more than, than just those people on the TV. The church is more than, 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 than the flaws that you see publicly. Look, we are the church, and so we think that, and we wonder that, and, and we do our best, again, not for the glory, but to feel ignored. It hurts. To, feel, to wonder, like, man, am I just pushing a rock up a hill? That's a Greek mythology reference. All over the place today. Am I Brady Bunch in Greek mythology? Same message. Am I just pushing a rock up a hill? Am I just doing this? Like, why is nothing getting done? Why is nothing changing? Why is no one seeing this? I have another quote. And this one is from uh, Benjamin Jowell. And it is, the way to get things done is not to mind who gets the credit for doing them. Now, a funny thing, when I was looking up quotes for this, and he was a a pastor, a, a, a priest back in the day. And the funny thing is, I found this exact same quote attributed to Harry Truman, who was a president. And I was thinking, what a quote to be attributed to two different people. And I wonder who said it first. And I looked, and it's kind of, there's stories going both ways. And, you know, it's hard back in the day when there wasn't internet and Facebook where you couldn't follow the post, and they just kind of said things, and you don't know, and etc. But for both of them to kind of get credit for saying this quote, that's, that's ironic. But the way to get things done is not to mind who gets the credit for doing them. Aaron was told to stand up and talk, and he did it. His calling was to stand up and, and speak God's words out of his mouth, and so he did it. He followed his calling. We follow our calling. And God sees us and he helps us. How often throughout history has God been ignored? Look at Jesus' life. How often was he ignored? And he poured literally every part of himself out for the people around him, for us. The credit didn't matter to him. It was the deeds. It was the good. It was the life. It was the sacrifice. It was the hope. It was everything that he gave. And without God, none of this would happen. And so for Aaron, he can look at this and be like, okay, I can worry about credit or I can focus on the fact that my brother is finding confidence. My brother is becoming a leader that, that I always knew he could be and my people are finding freedom and God's will is being done. And it's hard to have that perspective sometimes. 
Now, I believe that we all have the I want God's will done perspective. But it's still hard because we're still people and we're still flawed. And yet, God is with us. And he heals us and he helps us. And once we let go of that piece of ourself, man, the things that can happen. The things that can happen with our lives, once we just are doing the good, once we are just living the life, once we are just speaking the words God has given us. It's so amazing and so powerful and so miraculous. And it it, it is just freeing. Freeing is a good word for that. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to suddenly go home and have no more stress and no more worries and and everything's going to be perfect. That's not going to happen. But as you continually give that up to him, as you continually give yourself up to him, as you continually give your life up to him, as you continually give your weaknesses and the need for credit and all of this up to him, you find that he has so much more for you to do. He has so much more in store for you. So many amazing things. I want to go to chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Tell Aaron everything I command you, and Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. But I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Even then, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. So I will bring down my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my forces, my people, the Israelites, from the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. When I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they made their demands to Pharaoh. Regardless of credit, regardless of ability, regardless of what had been said about them, regardless of their flaws, regardless of their weaknesses, regardless of everything in their life, regardless of their age, when God said, hey, go do this, they went. That is where it starts. When God said, hey, go do this, and I will accomplish this through you, they went. Moses didn't believe in himself, and Aaron had questions and all of these things, but they went. They trusted God above all. They gave everything to him. And both had flaws before that, both had flaws during that, both had flaws after that. But with him, their lives were perfect. Their words were perfect. Their deeds were perfect because they were his. Because God won. Because God worked through them. Because God saved his people through two weak men who were willing to stand up. If you pay attention to sports, you notice that in today's world, a lot of people take more breaks, it seems like. Uh, I know LeBron takes like half a season off and things like that. But uh, I know Steven Strasburg, who's a pitcher for the Nationals, I don't know if anybody here knows that. The Nationals are one of the one or two teams worse than the Reds, so you may recognize them. (laughs) But Strasburg is a great pitcher, a great pitcher. He was a number one pick, and he helped win the World Series, and amazing. And almost every other day, he's hurt. Almost every other day he misses. Like he, if you look at the number of seasons he's played versus the number of games he's played, it's astounding. You'd think that from the number of games, he's like 20 and he's like 80. Like it's nuts. And so I listened to Tony Kornheiser from ESPN Talk, and he's in Washington, so he talks about him all the time. And one of the things he says a lot, which I like, is the greatest ability is availability. 
You can be the greatest athlete in the history of the world, but if you're not willing to play, what's the matter? You can be the greatest speaker of all time, and if you don't stand up to talk, what are you doing? You can be the most powerful teacher, the, the most wonderful witness, the, the, the strongest helper, whatever it is, and if you just sit there and you don't do anything, it doesn't matter. But we talk about Moses and Aaron despite their flaws because they were willing to stand up. Because even though they didn't trust themselves, they trusted him. And so when God said, hey, I need you guys to come out of the bullpen, they got up and they walked out. So many things they could have said. Moses could have been like, I still have my anger issues. And Aaron could have been like, I'm so old. I say that every day. And they could have just said that and complained and done all this stuff and been like, just let somebody else do it. But God said, hey, I'm with you. And so they were willing and they were available and they stood up and they did what he told them to do. And through that, there were so many amazing miracles accomplished and so many victories. And God gave them chances and he gave them purpose and he gave them hopes despite all of the times that they stumbled. I have one more quote. This is from C.S. Lewis, who I use a lot because I love him. If we only have the will to walk, then God is pleased with our stumbles. If we only have the will to walk, then God is pleased with our stumbles. Here is the secret. God exclusively uses imperfect people. Because everyone is imperfect. And God can be seen in our stumbles when we stand back up and show people who we serve. We are all going to stumble, every single one of us. Now, we can look at that in two ways. We can say, well, you know, Pastor Jeff said I'm going to stumble, so I'll just do whatever I want, and then later on I'll ask for forgiveness and I'll deal with it then. That's not a good way to live. The other way is to say, man, everybody's going to stumble, so... I need to have some grace for myself. I need to recognize that God can work through those stumbles. God can help me to walk more. God can help me to, to, to walk faster, to, to walk better, to do better. When a baby is learning how to walk, it stumbles. Except Beatrice, who had it down immediately. <laughs> but everyone here, everyone everywhere is going to stumble. And God knows that. This is not a shock to him. And yet he still has a purpose for us. He still has a plan for us. He still has a hope for us. He still has everything. And willingness matters. Our willingness matters. Our availability matters. The, the, the way that, that we do our best to work for him, to work in him, to give everything to him, to give the stumbles to him. To allow him to teach us how to walk, to teach us how to run. Throughout the miracle series, we saw God multiplying the efforts of his people in just amazing ways and magnifying them into these powerful miracles that we talk about. And he does that in our lives every day. You see, people see our stumbles too, but when we live them in God and we say, man, I, I messed up, but this is how I'm saved. People see that too. And it's like, wow. Wow. You don't have to be perfect to serve God. 
You just have to be willing and able and give your heart to him and give your life to him and do your best. And people see that, and it's such a powerful message. Aaron and Moses, they stumbled a lot, a lot. And yet through God's power and grace and everything that he gave them, they did amazing things that they never, ever would have guessed they could do. And it started with them having the will to stand up and walk again. The will to get up and move forward again. The will to follow him, to admit that they weren't perfect, to admit that they need him. And that's not weakness. We all need him. Got one more scripture. This is chapter 28, verse 1. This is God speaking. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my priests. Through it all, God had a plan and a purpose for Aaron. And him and his family became the priests of Israel. Their line became the priests of a nation of God. Not because he was perfect, but because he kept trying and he kept standing up and he had the will to keep going. And so God had this amazing purpose for him. And Moses may be remembered more, but Aaron's life was still amazing and he was given an amazing calling. An amazing calling, an amazing life, an amazing family. He was given a chance to serve in just powerful ways because he was willing to keep going despite his stumbles, despite his weaknesses. And honestly, he probably didn't see it coming. Through the worst times, he probably was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this. But God saw it coming. God knew it was coming. God was with him. I'm going to be honest, in my life, I have been a reporter. I have worked for the government in a secret capacity that I can't talk about. I've been a substitute teacher. I've been a coach. I've done all these different things. I've been a counselor. And I remember feeling just, what's the point of my life? I don't fit anywhere. What does God have for me? What's the plan? And I questioned it, and I didn't know it, and I didn't see it, and I didn't understand it. And I just, I kept wondering and kept just having my hopes dashed. Kept feeling confused, kept feeling unsure, kept feeling unworthy. Because I just did not know what my life was supposed to be. And I have one more scripture, one more quote, however you want to put it. This is from Jeremiah 29, 11. We've all seen this quote. We've all seen this scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. In the NLT, it says, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He's saying that to every single person. We may not see what our life has in store. We may not know the plans he has for us. We may not know what's around the corner, but he does. 
And if we are willing and we are able and we give our lives to Him, those plans are going to unfold amazingly and they are always for good. They may be unexpected, they may, need, may not even be what we wanted, but they will be what we need and they will be what other people need and they will give us a hope and a future. God always has a plan, always, from, the beginning, from before the beginning of time, the entire plan for our lives. And he sees us at our best and he sees us at our worst and yet he still has something amazing for us. Regardless of credit, regardless of past, regardless of ability, none of that can stop him. Nothing can stand in the face of God. And when we stand for him, Nothing can stand in our way either. Aaron messed up a lot. But God had a plan for him. And he did not let those mess ups stop him. He was willing to stand up. And for each of us, for each of us, he gives us a promise. And he gives us a hope and he gives us a plan and he gives us a future. In Him, all we have to do is be willing to accept it and be willing to stand with Him even when we fall. That's all I got. When Tim talked to me about the series and we talked about the home run heroes and everything, and I made my Reds jokes, I started just praying about who I wanted to talk about because it's so easy to kind of talk about the same people all the time. I love talking about David. I absolutely love it. And I could stand here and I could give another message, I won't, don't worry, about David just at the drop of a hat, and part of it is because I still have that first one memorized. But I really felt led to look in into some of the people that we don't talk about a lot. And Aaron just really stood out to me because he is completely lost in the shuffle, but God worked through him every bit as much as he did with Moses. So some of us, sometimes we're going to be the Moseses. And we're going to be out at the front, and we're going to be noticed, and, and we're going to just... It's going to be very obvious what we're doing. But most of the time, we're going to be Aaron. And he's going to speak through us and work through us. And it may not get noticed, but man, it still has an effect. It still is powerful and has an impact. And all of us have that plan for our lives. And it's different and it's amazing and it's astounding. But he is with all of us. Please stand and bow your heads. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for bringing us together here today. I thank you so much for giving us a chance to talk about your work through Aaron, for giving us a chance to talk about someone who often gets ignored, but to see what you did through their life. And I thank you for helping us to learn from his weaknesses and to learn from our own weaknesses. And I ask that you help us, Lord, to give them over to you every single day. 
to recognize that we are not perfect, but to recognize too that your plan for our lives is and help us to be willing to follow it, Lord. Help us to give you our lives, to give you our heart, to give you our words, to give you our hands, to give you our feet, to give you every part of us and to go out into this world and show what you can do to show who you are, to, to just allow you to speak through us, to allow you to lead us. Help us to be willing, Lord, and remind us, remind us that you have a wonderful future in store for us and help us to feel that confidence, to feel that assurance, to feel that hope as we go forward. Be with us all as we go from here and thank you so much for giving us this life. In your name we pray. Amen.